From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. I'm Justin. Justin is here. Hi. And this is the best beer show on the internet. I didn't know if I was getting a fancy intro or if I had to step ah, in. So Casey, it's, it's been nope. Casey's side. I was like, oh, I was half a second late. Now I'm going to explain nah, that. Nah, it's that okay. Was- <laughs> you've been you've been here like enough now, Justin. You're no longer a special guest. You're just like other co-host, Justin. Oh, I would say like regular guest. Regular guest? Okay, all right. If you don't want to. All right, we can go regular guest. We'll step you up. I don't mind. I'll, I'll work my way. All right, I'll, there I'll you my go. Time. <laughs> all right, before we get too deep here, I want to give a big shout out to the American Homebrews Association. They do a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us during the AHA will give you ac- uh, give you discounts to uh, at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the fur link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. Also, I'm going to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Hoffman Barrel Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Stinson, and Phil Feldman. If you'd like to be a patron, head over to patreon.com slash blindestudios and become a patron today. Or go over to blindestudios.com and click on the patron link at the bottom of our homepage. And while you're there, go ahead and click on our store link or go to teespring.com slash store slash blindestudios and check out some of our merch. All right. Brian. Yeah? What have you been up to beer-related lately? Nothing. Really? Perfect. Literally. Wow. Wow. All right. <laughs> Justin, what about you? Oh, all right. Let's keep this moving. <laughs> yep. Um, kind of working on a new project, which I'm sure we'll talk. Not, I'm, I'm really not trying to be intentionally vague here. It's just so early <sighs> If in the he's stage. working on a project, that means I'm working on that. I don't know. You're working on nothing. It's not, it's not <laughs> fucking not accurate. Those were the words that you said, Brian. I don't know. <laughs> no, just um, again, that not meaning to be a tease. Just working on some new new beer concepts, kind of thing. Okay, it's not really a beer. What you're working on? He's right, but working oh, on something. We love vagaries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that and I'm a lot of lot of hop and barrel stuff and things that were. We got some new people on board and trying to just look over processes and stuff like that and just do a self-check on a lot of things, really. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, lots and lots of that. You have to kind of take a look once in a while and see, see you know, what's what? ju- just see what's what. And, you know, I mean, now is a good time. We have spent so much time or had spent so much time on the Spring Valley location and now... Time to kind of yeah. circle in and bring the eye back to Hudson a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, let's see. I brewed uh, last weekend. Um, I did the next rebrew uh, for that. I did an American uh, what is, American wheat ale. So that is in fermenters now, and we will be having that in a couple of weeks here. Um, and then, yeah, that's that's kind of it. Uh, spring is finally here, so it's just been yard work time. American wheat just yeah. in time for lawnmower season. I know, right? Good, yeah. good timing yep. in that one. Uh, did uh, did very classic hopping on a uh, citro mosaic, and should mm. be should be pretty good. I'm excited about it. Yeah, if you don't live in this sort of climate, now is everything is very muddy. <laughs> yeah, it's the perfect time to dig in the yard and defrosting. Like it's, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, we we have we're going to talk about cold IPA today. But first, we're going to do a commercial calibration. Uh, we have uh, vanilla porter from Breckenridge. 
uh, brewery. This is, I mean, I know it's it's available uh, countrywide. Um, not so much, not so sure about overseas. Um, but yeah, what, yeah. I I have a a very this beer has been around for a stupidly long time, a very long yes. time to the point where I have. Oh crap! I thought there were two of them going around. Oh, there, oh, there, there, there oh. is another one there. If we need <laughs> I it, thought so. I poured it all. Yep. Uh, in any case, I've got a very, very old tap uh, handle. Never mind. I got um, that. <laughs> yeah, that thing you were playing with—that's a bottle. <laughs> I need a fidgeter. Just yeah. No, so does Carlos. The, like, whoever sits there like has to fidget, and I don't bottle, know why. Then it's perfect. The <laughs> bottle opener that Justin tried to use looks like a weed pipe. So it's, yeah, it's whatever. It is what it is. Anyway, uh, I have a. Very old um, vanilla Breckenridge vanilla porter um, tap handle that was actually a ski pole from a wooden ski pole pole. Oh, wow. Still have it. Um, but just to give you an idea, this beer has been around for a uh, It long was time. added to Beer Advocate in 2006. And likely was brewed long before yeah. that. Before yeah, that. yeah. yeah. Um, let's see, notes. Uh, deep in the jungles of uh, Papua New Guinea in Madagascar grows the perfect ingredient for an extraordinary porter brewed in Colorado. Breckenridge Brewery, Brewery's vanilla porter, an ale that has all the chocolate and roasted nut flavor of a classic porter with an enigmatic surprise thrown in for good measure. That's what you should have said when, like, what have you been up to beer related lately? I, I missed said. a really good opportunity. I was yeah. I, I was in Virginia. Would, would you like to backtrack? Oh, I, yeah, 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 back, yeah, This is worth This is worth because I, <laughs> yeah, I want to give a shout out. And I, it, it's to a Bud House Brewery, but I, I still want to give a shout Doesn't out to uh, uh, Nellysford, Virginia area. Very underrated brewery scene and, and huge winery scene. But uh, Devil's Backbone, Blue Mountain, there's a, a bunch of breweries with varying... Uh, varying approaches to beer, to put it nicely, mm-hmm. but a lot of really cool tap rooms. But Devil's Backbone, owned by Budweiser, and what kind of blew my mind, I saw the Breckenridge uh, bottle wrap at the top, and I'm like, that's familiar, which I think Breckenridge is owned by Budweiser too, right? I think so. So is Devil's Backbone. The level of creativity Whoa. is really missing. Those are, uh, wow, okay. Um, for I mean, I, this is so this what is are we look at? Uh, but basically, yeah. so the bottleneck of the de- of the Devil's Backbone and the Breckenridge are nearly identical. Yeah, um, they took out a lightning bolt font and everything. And added some mountains to the Appalachian one. So which we're is interesting. D- yeah, yeah, so kind of ironic. We're one is a, D or one is DB and one is BB. But anyway, uh, twelve Devil, ounce brown bottle. Yeah, this is an obvious blown away by Devil's Backbone, and I it it's been a long time since I've been to a brewery that just everything they did was amazing. It was awesome. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, nice. my tangent for the day. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. So um, vanilla porter, Breckenridge Brewery. Yep, delicious. Uh, uh, crystal clear. Held up to the patented beer light. Hella clear, y'all. Hella. Uh, I'd say for the description, surprisingly medium bodied. Head. In a good way. Head mm-hmm. is thin. Gone on mine. Um, Quick dissipating. Um, but. You kind of see that in a lot of like adjunct beers where like yeah. the oils and stuff like they kill head retention. Yeah, nose, uh, very portery. I'm not getting as much vanilla, I don't think, as I thought. Uh, yeah, not a ton of vanilla in the nose. Or are you getting a bunch in the aroma? No, okay. Um, the vanilla taste is almost artificially to me. Yeah, yeah, it's very like extracty. This, this is um, light mineral quality. 
Um, there is no bitterness wrapping around my tongue on this on this porter. No, it's like uh, it's it's pure sweetness. Um, what? Uh, almost uh, like yuho esque. Yeah, that's a cocoa, good way to put it. like powder. Yep. Mm-hmm. Crystal. I mean. Tastes like crystal malts almost. It just it hits the tongue and then kind of evaporates. Yeah, but I mean this this body is so thin. so light and so thin. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's drinkable. I don't know if I would drink a second. I don't. Well, I think if you think you like dark beer, like if you're like, yeah, I like dark beer, and then you're like, here's a dark beer, and the person's like, no, 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 not dark beer like this. Dark beer like vanilla porter. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like this is this is likely the what what do I always say about people liking the idea of something? So this is a beer for people that like the idea of dark beer. They they want to they want to look like they're drinking a dark beer without yeah. drinking a dark beer. I don't know who wants to do that, but there's probably someone out there <laughs> or a chef wanting to do some really good dessert pairings. This would work great. I, I think I you mean, could cook you this could, down you and make do a, a syrup. Of, and, I mean, you could yeah. just drop a thing of vanilla ice cream in it and easily. Oh, this done, would make like, it great. Yeah. it would be yeah. really tasty for it'd be, a float. It'd yeah. be a great float beer. It's not a shitty beer. It's not poorly yeah, made. It's no, just, it's, it's, really it, yeah, no, it's a very well made beer. Just it's just not my cup of tea. It's a niche crowd, is what it comes yeah. down to. But it's a good beer for. Well, I mean, there's a reason it's been around for twenty some odd years. You know, like yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely one of those beers that people can just drink, and you can, like it's very approachable. It's not like it's not it's not a challenging beer in any way. Yeah. And shout out to Breckenridge. I, I haven't been there, but I know my sister-in-law lives n- near that area, and it's one of her favorites to visit. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, um, you guys, well, Justin came in uh, hot with uh, some cold IPA stuff. He was very excited about this. I'm guessing, <laughs> Brian, you're right there. And I'm, I'm absolutely excited to talk about this. Uh, this was suggested to us by uh, Bjorn Bjornsson. Yeah. And I honestly, like, I had, like, run across the thing, but I hadn't actually looked into the style until he said, do this thing. Um, and so I found, I found a few references, uh, one from uh, Wayfinder, which are the purported like inventors of this style and kind of the stuff there. So uh, that's the, they're Portland or Uh, Wayfinder is, uh, cause it was a collab between Wayfinder and uh, great notion, I think Oregon. Um, Yeah. So Oregon, Oregon. Which, <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, go to their contact, and then that'll tell me where they're at. Unless they're just like, here's the thing. Uh, yeah, they're in Portland. Portland, Oregon. Um, yeah, so um, what is a cold IPA? Um, according to them, it is an IPA with 20 to 40% adjuncts, no sea malt, and fermented with lager yeast at warmer temperatures, dry hopped, warm during spunding or cryosening. Um, and then they wrote like, this really cool, almost like BJCP. Wait, wait, wait. Back wait. up, back mm. up. Okay. Wow. First of all, you there. said you said very quickly a thing that for a beginner, if they were listening to this, they wouldn't. A couple of things you said, they wouldn't know the hell uh-huh. what the hell you're talking about. And one of them is no sea malt. Talk to me. Oh no, yeah, no, no crystal malt. I know what that means. Yep. No crystal, no caramel malt. Um, so no color, no C10, no C40, none of that. Yep. Yeah, none of the none of the lighter kilned malt. I guess no yeah. kilned malt. No I kiln guess, malt. The, and so another thing you said was uh, dry hopped warm. Dry hopped warm. Uh huh. And then another thing you said was 
uh, fermented with lager yeast at warmer temperatures. Yeah. So. So I have so many fucking problems with this yes. already. Um, so I all right, mean, here, let, 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 oh let me God. let me get through. Uh, let me get through this. Uh, yeah. or, organize your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna read um, the like their their uh, BJCP style guide. I really do version. try not to use the f word on this, so I apologize if you have like kids in the car. My bad. Yep. Um, kids, yeah. don't say that word. <laughs> Jeez. And then and then we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about some some interesting things about this. Uh, but yeah, so color uh, strata pale. Clarity, uh, appearance should be clear. Chill haze should not be present. Uh, perceived malt aroma and flavor. Malt sweetness is very low to low. Alcohol sweetness is medium. These beers finish extremely dry. Increased perceived sweetness may be due to increased alcohol. Um, perceived hop aroma and flavor. High, exhibiting floral, fruity, berry, tropical stone fruit, and other. Sulfur, diesel-like, onion, garlic, caddy, citrusy, piney, or resinous character that was originally so associated with American variety hops. Hops with these attributes uh, now also originate from countries other than the U.S. Uh, perceived bitterness, uh, medium to high but not harsh. Fermentation characteristics, fruity esters, and complex alcohol aromas and flavors are acceptable at low levels. Alcohol should not be solvent-like. Diacetyl should not be present. Um, low to medium body. Um, additional notes, finish should exhibit low to medium low body with a clean, crisp malt character evident at low levels. Up to 40% corner rice in the grist should be used. These crisp and refreshing beers are fermented with warm, or fermented warm with lager yeast or cold with ale yeast. Um, yeah, so, um, I, I was reading through this, and before we get into what I'm guessing is going to be a delightful thing, I just want to say, what this sounds like to me is, like, because people kept throwing IPL around, I'm like, no, this is, this is just a super hopped California common. That... Isn't that what you? I said that when we were said, sitting. But Cal we Common has has seeds. sea malt and none no of the adjuncts. So my other thought is that, but not to no, okay, no, go, ahead, go. go ahead. I think we're starting to deal with a situation where, though you know, not speaking for the listeners, but those of us sitting around a table come from a certain era of brewing and have lived through different styles we brewed or been interested mm -hmm. in, and now we're starting to deal with an era where brewers are coming along who grew up in the hazy era and maybe don't have that prior experience or understand some of the history of the trends of the last 20 years of craft beer. Because this more, the more you describe it, I feel like this is someone who started their IPA trajectory in hazy IPA and then like, how can I make an IPA clear, clear and crisp and, and West doesn't Coast have style. that background of like the IPLs, which is why some of the confusion, because I, I mentioned that too, that was some of the commentary yeah. and, you know, beer reviews talk about it that way. And quite a few jokes, by the way, about this style on the... If anyone follows certain Instagram beer rep diaries, a lot of jokes about this beer on there. Um, but it, it seems more like someone who's who's made nothing but hazy IPAs and now trying to make a clear one. You know, the, the dry hopping warm, a great example of why, why do that for this style unless you're looking for some biotransformation and mm -hmm. add haze. You're fighting against yourself for what you're trying to describe this as. So little things like that are just kind of... You know, it feels like a recipe almost trying to tear itself apart. Yeah, it seems at odds with itself. Um, and then, like, so you go with their um, with their fermentation thing, and they're like, okay, we want we we want uh, our fruity esters and complex alcohol aromas and, and flavors should be low. Well, then why are you using a lager yeast at high temperatures? 
gets back to the common thing. Yeah, like, because as soon as you start fermenting with a lager yeast at warmer temperatures, what are you going to get? You're going to get all of these, like, these fermentation characteristics that you're not looking for. The way I read it was, it was more, um, just that there was, like, rice, adjunct, flaked rice, and a lager yeast. It doesn't matter necessarily at what temperature, um... So like I, I I'm going uh so there's there I found I did a Google search read a bunch of things the one that I'm taking as kind of the quote unquote gospel of this is from the Wayfinder website uh it's wayfinder.beer/cold-ipa um and I mean if they're the purported inventors of the style right then they should be like that should be kind of like the, the bases we're going I don't off right feel like inventor is the best word um coiner of the term um cool. i'll take that yeah because there's i mean we've got like the articles i read about this it it says surprisingly cold ipas have nothing to do with temperature that's not true uh, but it at kinda, all i mean it kind of is is it though well I mean, looking at the common recipes, I'm I'm kind of with Brian on this one that it really seems like either, a, you know, a mid-range ferment. You're doing a warm lager or a yeah. cold ale. Like I, think I, think, I feel like I feel like a more apt term, I guess, would be an adjunct IPA. Because so, but really, but is this style zero IBU? No, um, because the, a few that I read, this so, is a zero IBU IPA with a lager yeast. That, you know, so on on again Wayfinder they, they they're uh, they're like uh, fifty to seventy IBUs, which I mean that's that's like that's your IPA range if you're looking at the BJCP. So there's biotransformation hopping in this. There is rice and corn. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be dry. So this is like I mean, or maybe it's just the American light IPA. Well, I mean, that would imply that you're doing low alcohol, and that doesn't seem well, are, well, well, okay, it's, it's like, but it's, I mean, I, I'm going with, like, the, the high amount of, of adjuncts, specifically the rice and corn. Which, dude, if, 20 to 40 is pretty high. That's super high. But if which, is, which is actually going to really clarify in the long term. You leave yeah. that in a package longer, that's going to crystallize this yeah. to your short term. It, I mean, it'd be very interesting to see what a lot of these, especially like Wayfinder, if they coined it. It, what's it look like when they package versus a week later? Because that much adjunct is going to well, yeah, well it'll, it'll settle because they're they're also filtering it. Th- that's fine. You can still have haze yeah. after. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it, so it says filtered, crystal clear, and well carbonated. Uh, cold IPA is the uh, antithesis of any IPA. Why that much? No adjunct. No, when you're filtering. I I, I agree. I like. I, I love that the word antithesis. That's a hundred dollar word. It means the opposite. But mm-hmm. IPA now is so big, but, everything's in it. Sorry. I'm, no, well, yeah, but like hazy IPA is, you know, now it's like, oh, this is the antithesis. No, it's not. Actually, it, this think, is, this is, IPA to me is West Coast, it's clear, it's bitter. We're, we're like, I think this proves my theory of the people who designed this group. Yeah, they're, they're trying, they're IPAs. trying to get back to the IPAs <laughs> of the 2010s. Just make a West And they're, they're, they're missing the point, I think. They're, they're reinventing the wheel when we already have wheels. And sometimes, as I, and and I did this too as a home brewer. I think so, this is one of the things I've learned in the last few years is, 
as a home brewer, you always think about what can I add to this to get to what I want? And I feel like that's a bit going on here for sometimes it's a, the better question is what can I take away from this to get mm-hmm. to what I want to make? So this is like the face tattoo of IPA. <laughs> Kinda. Like no, let me let me let me go here. Is the idea of the TikTok generation? Oh, it's no, been a long day. Old, I'm very old. tired. It's also going on here. <laughs> and I'm and I'm 40 years old and I'm grumpy. All right, Back and I'm gonna day. I'm gonna tell you why this is the face tattoo of IPAs. You want me to go get you a Modelo Baron? Yeah. <laughs> Would you? Oh my God, he <laughs> he's is. actually he gonna. Is, he's actually. I'll, he I'll can take, tell I'm crabby. Great. I'll, I'll, um. Yeah. Anyway, no. This is the reason why this is the face tattoo of IPAs. One 90s. To 2000s IPA, not a lot of people had tattoos, okay? And not a lot of people liked IPA. And as you move your way into the 2000s, the IPA stays a little bit the same, but it becomes a little bit more acceptable, okay? So it's a little bit more acceptable to have tattoos. It's a little bit more acceptable to have these like tattoos and, and drink these IPAs as you get closer to the 2010s and beyond. How do you push it? Brian? It's totally cool to have IPA and had tattoos. And now it's in that, or I'm sorry, in the 2010s, it was like, Oh my gosh, those there's face tattoo. And now, and now this is face tattoo because it's like, Okay, this is totally acceptable, but let's go back and say, nobody's done this before. And everyone's like, yes, they have. And they're like, yeah, but on face? No. <laughs> Hasn't been done on face yet. Okay, now face acceptable. So, but here's what, where what we're about at. My, well, well, what IPA about my is the face <laughs> tattoo <laughs> of fucking craft beer. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, you're not, where I'm at. You're not wrong, I wow. guess. Uh, yeah, it's like, I think I think there's between that was awesome. First, I have to <laughs> acknowledge you. how awesome. That was. <laughs> I, I think there seems at least amongst us at this table, <laughs> kind of a, kind of a consensus of, of we're dealing with some style design that I, I, I wish we tried to find one to, to drink. We we hit a couple places trying to find. Yeah, one. I, I I just, just, wait, it yeah. hasn't really hit this no, area it, it yet. Hasn't. So I, and maybe it won't. And it won't for a while, or it just won't. It, uh, yeah, well, we're, we're the, three uh, months down the road. The Hop and Barrel Cold I, no, IPA. Bjorn, no. Bjorn, you need to understand <laughs> the Upper Midwest works very slowly. <laughs> Either fair state or modest. If they don't do it in the next guaranteed, three months, they've already if, if they done don't it. do it in the next three months, it's not going to happen. Right. I mean, well, or dangerous man, don't they? Like, aren't they usually on like the cutting edge of? Yeah, we don't just, talk about dangerous man a lot. You gotta go to the, go to the tap room to get. Well, because dangerous yeah. man doesn't distribute. Yeah. So, but Let's see. I, I modest think, I think has not done one yet. There's a consensus that this is a style that's coming from brewers of a younger generation that haven't had an experience with other types of IPA. Oh. It, again, just <laughs> so do you, so. I guess do you think? Um, oh, looks like Fair State did one. <laughs> See, I told you, tax shell. I mean, Fair State did one. <laughs> yeah, you just uh, you know yeah. you know the area. Yeah. Um, but so I mean, do do you think this is so? When when the hazy IPA was coming out, we all were cranky about it. Yeah. Like, I don't think quite this cranky, but <laughs> there there was there was more than a little bit of uh crankiness. Especially well, like even on this show like, especially on this show. Yeah, and then well, when we when the style guidelines re upped we Yeah, and then we, yeah. we tore it apart again. We found that. our piece. I, I think there's there's a little bit of this. I mean we've made 
an IPO. We, we've had a couple IPA loggers, and other yeah. a lot of breweries have it. This isn't something new to do, a, you know. I'm using quotations when I say this, cold IPA of cold fermentation mm-hmm. and focusing on that clarity and those those crystal-like yeah. flavors. Well, and, yeah. But this just feels like a marketing drive to just lay it on the table more than yeah. like something really newly discovered. It, it's a very discombobulated recipe. It, it feels like... So they looked at IPL. And they're like, yeah, but what if we did it warm and then called it cold? And um, I, I appreciate. Don't, I don't think people's knowledge is big enough, comprehensive enough, to put styles out like this and expect people to just be like, oh, oh, yeah, it's a riff on, you know, what they've been doing for twenty something years. Like, yeah, like how do you how do you market this? How do you explain to people? What I just said about the face tattoo thing, like how you can't, yeah, on, in well, in four four sentences on the back of the can, like and, you you can't tell people the ethos of and to not be mistaken, like IPA, it, there there definitely should be room for like creativity and trying mm-hmm. to find a niche that hasn't quite been done, and that's that's great. Like mm. there there should be trying to find yeah, new push things. the boundaries, but yeah, you know but what this, I mean. Like there's so much about this that is at odds with itself that could just fall into three other categories and just be a variation of that that feels like it's being needlessly carved out. Well, and so here's here's my thing. So if you. so let's 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 talk about this so as like instead of philosophically like let's just let's let's talk about a recipe and see where what kind of issues we would run into. So mm. if if we're going like so say say we're going to the extreme here. We're doing uh 40% of the adjunct, either rice or corn. 20 to 40. 20, 20 to 40, right? Um and then the rest is um pilsner malt. I I just want to say so, before we get into all this that I likely would probably Oh, I'd absolutely drink the hell out of this. Drink the shit out of this. Yeah. So I'm not. Trying to, <laughs> well, dude, like I'm not trying to be a dick about it. No, like no, I, no. you know, uh, Andy Higginbottom says uh, that if you guys do brew one, it has to be called face tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Andy. Like your presence in the chat has been essential lately. Um, yeah, and we will. But. <laughs> uh. <laughs> all right, Jason, Jason. When you listen to this, oh, he says he listens to no. Does he? The, the, he? I don't know if he listens. He listens to ours, which makes me creeped out sometimes. Brewer Jason Paul, why? Yeah, I just don't feel like anyone listens to Hop and Barrel Home. <laughs> we we got a lot of uh, positive comments on Jason being on Homebrew Bound last week. So. Yeah, he's yeah. he's especially with all the mead discussion. That was two he's, weeks ago now. So Jason, oh. if you're listening to this, put a recipe together. You can yeah, chop, this chop. In Spring Valley. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Let let so what we're we're gonna move to work a recipe. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 okay. let's work a recipe cool, cool, and cool. kind of talk about some of the some of the potential uh, pitfalls or just issues that we kind of need to overcome. And the the big thing I can see is because we're using so much adjunct and then so much, uh, and then the rest like pilsner, we're gonna run into a body issue, aren't we? Like, how do you how do you stop this from being thin? I don't think you do. You just, I think it's supposed to be crisp. It's supposed to, yeah. It's it's supposed to be low body, uh, but like, I I'm, I guess, uh, how do you prevent it from being like too thin? Like, 
I think that's what they're trying to do with the adjuncts, but this is one of those things where I said, kind of implying earlier less is more. I don't... Okay, well, where... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know why you do any. You could just do 100% Pilsner. And then add dextrose? I don't know. Um, uh, but, but, okay, well, when we want more... Excuse me, more body, like... When we ferment warm. Or uh, not ferment, we mash warm. Right. Yeah. So, right off the bat, my instinct is like a 156-ish. Mash on the higher end, just to make Period. sure we have something there. Because mm-hmm. we're probably going to put, from what I can tell, you're going to be putting rice or corn in this. Yeah, and like, and then fermenting yeah. it at lager. I, and like, I feel like if you if you don't if you don't uh, if you if you mash low, you're like you're getting too close to like seltzery. Yeah, is yeah. is what I would be worried about. So we want our pilsner malt to be big and fat. And we want that, you know, that adjunct, whether it may be flaked rice, corn, you know. And at this point, we're highly modified enough where we're not going to need six row to complement the corn Mm -hmm. to make that convert because we're not really necessarily trying to do that. We're trying to make this. Well, this isn't supposed to be hazy, right? It's not supposed to be hazy at all. That's okay. Well, that changes things slightly, but. That's why I say we mash high, okay? Mm-hmm. On these very highly modified Pilsner malts, when we whip flaked nonsense in there, corn, rice, that'll get us dry. Mm-hmm. Whether we ferment the lager yeast at warm or cold, it'll get us dry. So I just assume that this is supposed to be probably pretty pretty dry, right? And yeah. we're, we're going to, like... To, to go even a step further, and Justin, this is kind of more your territory, but like from a water standpoint, like what are we, what are we pushing here? Like the calchlor goes lower. I would take, I mean, I would just take a West Coast IPA approach with that, and yeah, and yeah, low, okay, lower calchlor to that ratio is yeah. a little lower. Yep, let's get higher on the other on the other side. Um. Yeah, we want this to pop, right? Yeah, or even do like a Russian River approach where it's just equal amounts. You try to balance it. I mean, they've done that with a few too, but well, you could do that. I just, um, I'm thinking this, sh- this should be dry, crisp, but needs body. So, what do you do when you need to be dry, crisp, but have body? You mash high. Okay, that makes where sense. I'm at with it, um, at least for now. Yep, yeah. uh, Andy. Uh, asks what a decoction would do to the body. Um, I mean, if you're gonna go crazy with it, but I, with, I, with all the adjuncts, dude, I don't, I don't think between adjunct and higher modified. I mean, if Andy's, if you're Andy, if you're using like floor modif, I'm sorry, floor malt. Um, that's the malt that you find under the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're using uh, like a less modified pills. Then a decoction might might help make some sense, but I don't. I think in this case we're yeah, um, yeah. And then I guess I would. I guess hop schedule. I'm thinking you'd follow. Uh, look up any um, like hop recipe or like IPA recipe from like 2012, 2018, well, and like grab like look. At, I guess look that, at that malt or that that hop bill. That's and a good go there. question. The what you read as far as the you know their guideline description doesn't really talk about that. It does. It talks about the perceived bitterness, which, um, which is high but not harsh. 
Um, and then... But you're going to get a... Per- so this is where, if you're talking perceived bitterness, and you're talking these malts, these temps, that type of fermentation, you don't need a lot of IBUs to get a very high, high perceived, perceived bitterness. High perceived bitterness, yeah. And this, but they're still saying 70 IBU. That's they are, but you could have crazy. You could hit but good. Yeah. For me. Uh, you know? We've I mean we've seen this coming for a while with the IBA. The yeah. the well and we're, we're so we're gonna uh, we have we have another we have a listener question kind of about the IBU race, so we'll talk no, about that in just a second here. We've been talking about this for a year now. <laughs> oh at least. Um Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't, but with everything we kind of talked about on this one i'd be really interested to know what the hop schedule they're actually doing for these is because i have a feeling i have a feeling it's not what we're recommending i guess what i guess if if i was going to do this now i think i would use um extract for uh, my initial bittering i would do um yep yep, uh whatever yeah yeah yeah, some kind of extract or like just like a simple like warrior magnum edition and then do every then do like maybe a hop stand, um, and then uh, do your do your dry hop schedule. We kind of missed talking about the type of hops using when we were talking about this beer. But you and I were talking about this off mic at the bar before we got here, and it it seems like it's a lot of the newer hops. It's not the classic C. That's what I yeah, thought. Hops. But like these few articles I'm reading, we're looking at like C hops. Which people can't seem to get away from, and that's fine. Well, I used to wear long socks. Now I wear they're short everywhere socks. And cheap. I don't know. Let, let's like, be real. The practical reality with breweries is going to be finding the cheaper hops you can, as every other cost is going or, up. So, what's a better word than cheaper? Consistent. Or yes, fine. Because they're made here. I mean, I shouldn't. They're grown here. They're locally sourced, especially mm-hmm. if you're in Oregon. Yeah. Right. Um, well, there's that. I and mean, then, well, we like Michigan hops a lot, and yeah. we use a lot of Michigan Which hops. Which feeds the same thing. Yeah. So. But I, I, I think you're right. I think if you're brewing this at home, follow West Coast hopping schedule. But mm-hmm. I have a very strong curiosity, suspicion that they're doing more of a West Coast approach with some type of bittering hop at the beginning to get the IBUs up there. Mm-hmm. So then this is... Or, wait, hazy. hazy, rea- yeah, yeah. Uh, hazy well, no, yeah. I, well, I, I think what you're getting at again, and we've said this a few times, is we're, we're getting at what's, what's the, the reaction... You know, what's the exact opposite way we can run from hazy IPA? But knowing that's... But knowing the mindset that's wrong. You're in in a hazy mindset and you're trying to, you're trying to like, um, I guess, what is it, like, um, deconstruct the hazy (laughs) to make it clear. Yeah, we can run away from hazy beer towards... Backwards engineer, that's what I was... Well, yeah, from someone with kids, it's like you're a teenager and you have this lifestyle, and you're rebelling from it, but you're really just going to do the same thing over again. You are, but you're going to throw your own riff into there, which exactly. in this case is a lager yeast. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, wait, 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 wait. People already did that. Well, Jimi Hendrix did what, you know, with the guitar, and then... I thought about a guitar reference You earlier. know what I mean? It, it's like, just variations it's, of the same. Yeah. It's riffs on the same shit, which is fine. Um, so this is this is this generation's riff. So do you, like, yeah, and, like, yeah, so uh, we kind of talked, like, do we think, I don't think we're going to, I don't know, I didn't think we were going to see Hazy catch on, and it did, so. (laughs) I'm, this isn't from a cynical point, I don't really see this one catching on. I don't either, because you remember IPL and Brute? Yep. Oh, God, I hope this got, well. Remember when we tried to do do the Brute thing? No, I I think we'll see, 
whatever, for the greater IPA trends, I think a resurgence of West Coast is already happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that will swallow this up. Yeah, I mean, you're, oh, I, I mean, uh, your guys' Dipafest was kind of on that. Like, you guys, it was pretty split between hazy and clear, like, double IPAs. Yeah. Yeah, I think there are still, Which, n- not calling any breweries out, but, like, I think there are still breweries out there, and not necessarily any one we had at ours, but that are still trying to make hazy IPA, but just can't really get it down. And they, or don't want to. I don't know. That was us for a super long time. Mm-hmm. We didn't yeah. want to. We wanted juicy, and Summit did that, and who else? That was just like, no, we're not, we're not, we're making a juicy, I mean, anyone surly. With, anyone with larger brewing equipment designed to yeah. make queer beer did. <laughs> yeah, you know, hundreds of years of it. Um, yeah. You know, I, it, so we're, I don't know. This I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of, I think we kind so of beat that a, horse. A, a cream ale that's brewed like an IPA? I, well, I mean, it's a Cal Common, but. Or I guess, yeah, cream ale because of all the high adjunct, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Crap, Damn. good call. Yeah, I good mentioned the Common though. earlier, but that's a better, better reference. Yeah. Damn. A hoppy cream ale, which for marketing, I see why they call it cold IPA versus hoppy cream. We could talk about gelatinizing corn starches and, yeah, you know. Well, let's get into the listener mail. We're almost 40 minutes in. Oh, boy. Yep. Um, right. So this comes from a listener slash occasional person on behind a microphone, Gordon. Um, with more breweries making new beers that feature uh, or highlight the hop characteristics and styles that don't call for it, like Hefeweizen and other styles. Gordon, I don't want to know this hoppy Hefeweizen that you're talking about, but uh, he just makes I know things I know, up I know. Um, that I've seen that are traditionally more malt forward. Are we at the beginning of a new hop race, or I guess IBU race? Maybe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'd Probably. say yes. I mean, I've seen it in, I, I kind of called it when I was in Colorado on Thanksgiving. You and did. We, we were talking yeah. about it from and things I, being talked about before, but when I was in Colorado this fall and even Virginia a couple weeks ago, there is there was flat out not a single hazy even being marketed as a hazy in Virginia. Yeah, we, we more than just want this to be a and, thing. And I don't, I'm not saying I, I want cold IPA or hazy IPA to go away because I think those have their place. I think they're f- great. Mm-hmm. I drink them all the time. I'm very happy with our new Redemption Arc beer um, that we have uh, made. And I'm still happy with Hudson Hayes. We had Hudson Hayes at the new Black Rooster in downtown Hudson, and it drank really well. And I don't want those to go away. But to answer Gordon's question, I think yes. But it's a matter of which which direction do you run away from Hazy IPA? Where do you run to? Because when you run to, you want to run to an old familiar place, but you want new things too. Here's, I think the simple way to put it is the last five years have been a lot of breweries keep a West Coast-like IPA around and then are playing around with experimentation on hazies mm-hmm. and juicies. I think we're entering an era, or I've already done it, where breweries are going to keep a hazy around but are playing around and experimenting with West Coast and hop variations. I think it, it's kind of flipping on its end there. I just okay. I, I think that there's a finite amount of ingredient that you can put into beer. There's there's a finite amount of things you can do. But what if you hop continuously for ninety minutes? That was already done by dogfish. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, you, you make a very bitter you beer. Can, you can try to run 
from this style to another style and make it look new is not going to happen. You've just got to keep <laughs> making the same stuff. Well, and it's it's like everything else. Um, like, and I mean, we can all like as as beer drinkers, like we've all seen this. Like, there's there's always like there's a new style rising up, and then so you see a ton of that, and then like it kind of ebbs away, and then then like a new style takes its place. Like the fruited sour thing. Like if you look, you know, five years ago, you could not find one anywhere, and now almost everybody has some kind of fruited sour on. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's crazy. Um, or like, and hazy was the same way, or, uh, you see like more places having loggers and things like that. And it's just, it feels like there's always like, it's almost like a wheel of time. And it's, and it's who's doing it the best, who's defining it. And yeah, I don't know. What's everyone is always like, Oh, Hedy Topper. That was like the one and only. And then you look at Hedy Topper now and it's like, Whoa, that's not even close to hazy enough. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. It depends on what you want. Things uh-huh. change. Yeah, you get face tattoos, and it's a whole thing, and, and people are okay with it. Which I think get tigers <laughs> <laughs> on your face. No, you just have, you get a face tattoo, and then you get a tiger. But that's after you bite somebody's ear off, right? Yeah, I think the order's wrong. I think the ear comes first. Oh, ear, then the face tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Then the tiger. I actually okay. think it was ear, tiger, face tattoo. Okay. I'm, I'm a big fan. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. If you have any questions, <laughs> comments, show ideas, or what have you, you can go shoot us an email at feedback at blindersstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindersstudios or follow us on Twitter at blindersstudios. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.